0: Welcome to The Courage Checklist. I'm your host, Jennifer Chambers. Courage, we all want it. What are the things in our lives that we need courage to tackle? How do you find the guts to get the glory? How do you do the things you've always really wanted to do or be? You make the list, you check it off. It sounds simple, but actually doing the hard stuff, the soul deep stuff, it's not always easy. Find inspiration, ideas, and companions here who also keep trying no matter what. Let's talk about what's on our lists, from giant dream to tiny wish. We share stories of triumph, struggle, joy, and yes, failure, but we keep going together. What's on your list? Hello, and welcome to today's Courage Checklist podcast. Today's episode has two parts. The first is on defining your goals, and later we'll have a little mini course on how to advocate for yourself. First up in this episode, we'll discuss the importance of setting clear goals and how to go about defining them. Whenever I talk to people about their goals and the things that they need courage to do, the things on their courage checklists, most of them, they agree that, yeah, there's things they've always wanted to do. They have... Things they want in their lives, they have goals loosely, but they don't have any idea about how to go about getting or having or embodying that goal. After a whole lot of research, I came up with a new series on steps to having courage and following your dreams, practical steps. The first is identifying your dreams. Seems really silly, but taking the time to reflect on what you want and what you really want in life, it takes, it takes guts. First and foremost, it's essential to understand the significance of having clear goals. Without clearly defined goals, it's challenging to have a sense of direction and focus, right? Like you might find yourself lost or confused. Or overwhelmed. I've been all of those things. And they lead to a lack of motivation and progress. So, how do you exactly define your goals? Here are just a few practical steps that you can take. First, I want you to get a piece of paper if you'd like to play along. Otherwise, just listen and see if this exercise is one that you'd like to incorporate in, say, something like your morning pages If you are like me, and if you follow along, I'm using The Artist's Way Principles by Julia Cameron. It's the second or third time I've done her book, and I get something different about it every time. But The Morning Pages, if you're not doing it, is Cameron's idea that you take three longhand, handwritten pages each morning to kind of brain dump all the stuff in your head. That doesn't have to make sense to anyone, not even yourself. And if you don't have anything to write, you just write, I have nothing to write. And eventually by the time you get to the three pages, at least you're writing something and it turns into a lot. So if you want to incorporate this, that's cool. If not, just get a regular piece of paper. Step one for getting clear goals, identify your long term aspirations. What kinds of things do you want to achieve in the long run? This could be anything, of course, anything from starting a business, buying a house, although that's difficult right now, I get it, or traveling to a new country. Is your thing learning how to code? Think about what you truly desire long-term and make a list of your long-term goals. There are some great podcasts. One of them is The Art of Manliness, and, and they talk on that show quite a bit about things things that you can do for monetary goals. There's other monetarily specific podcasts, but that's a really common one. And it's easy to break down. These these things are, are daunting though, right? Like, I don't know about you, but when I ask myself the question about what do I really want, it seems super, super important. And my mind kind of glows blank. So one easy way to kind of let your mind slow down and figure this out is to teach yourself how to let go and brainstorm like third grade brainstorm you know idea clouds where you stream of consciousness write down all the small and large goals or desires you have on just a plain piece of paper if you want to learn about how to airbrush cars great if you want to work at a theme park awesome play piano have your dream home write a book get everything you might want long-term-wise, down on the paper. There's no need to assign value to it or categorize anything. Just if it sounds fun or soul-affirming, or something that would really mean something to you, put it on your paper. Now step two. We're going to break down your long-term goals into smaller achievable steps. Once you have your long-term goals written down, it's time to break them into more manageable pieces. Doing this helps it not seem so enormous and it helps you stay focused then because you're motivated to do these littler things because you're making progress towards your long-term goals. One way to break it down, an interesting technique, I like it. It's called the How Now Wow Method. (laughs) To use this method, you split a different piece of paper into three columns and you title each of the three You say how, now, and wow, respectively. The how category is for ideas that need more figuring out how to get to, like moving to Budapest or studying in Ireland. Those things might fall under this category that takes a little bit more finessing to get there. The now category is for ideas that are easier to do and things that are well within your realm of imagination using the stuff you have already right now. The wow ideas are the ones that might not be the easiest to conceive of how to accomplish, but really light you up when you think about them. Writing books is like that for me. My friend, Wendy Harrop, who has another podcast, that's wonderful. She dreamed up going to France and taking trips to France to show people all about how much she loves France. And now she does wonderful, amazing tours that you can stay in small homes in France. You can go and learn how to cook in France. And it took her a little while to get there, but it's been really fun watching her progress. And I uh, will link that in the show notes. I would love for you guys to see Wendy's ideas. She's she's a very inspirational person. Step three is to make your goals specific and measurable. The more specific your goals are, the easier it is to track that progress to stay motivated. For example, if your goal is to start a business, make it specific, state what type of business you want to start and go further. What kind of revenue do you want to generate? What markets do you want to serve? Go further. Find your ideal client. Who are they? What kinds of things do your client needs? What what need are you filling for them? What age are those people? Where do they live in the world and what kinds of things do they love? Most of all, think about how you can serve them and how your skills can match up with their needs. Set up a collage page on Canva for this client, this made-up person, or a Pinterest page. Look up people who match your ideal client on Facebook places like LinkedIn, or find the things they might want to read on Wattpad or something like that. One of the things I used to do when I was writing books was to create my ideal avatar on my Wii back when I had first had a Wii. It was really fun. You could do that on any sort of an AI program. Just feed it the specifics of who you want, and it'll give you a picture of that ideal person. Kind of neat to have that, to just look at and remember who you're doing it for and why step four is setting a deadline for those goals having an actual deadline for those goals helps create a sense of urgency and it motivates you to take action in a different kind of way it also helps you prioritize your time and prioritize your resources to achieve those goals within the set time frame i do this with writing too it's easiest for me actually i work backwards with my timeline Think of how much time you need for your given goal and then add add in some extra time for things that might pop up. Then use a calendar and work backwards from your target goal date. I tend to write a chapter per week because I like to work from an outline that works for me. So I know what I have to accomplish and I know how many weeks it's going to take me to get there. So I know that I can keep on track and keep pursuing my goal at the rate that I want to by seeing it on paper. It works for me. I I recommend that you give that, that technique a try. Step five is review and revise your goals regularly. It's essential to regularly review and revise those goals to make sure that you're making progress and make sure that you're staying on track. As you achieve some of your smaller goals, you can adjust the long-term goals accordingly. I like to build in small rewards for myself as I make it closer to checking something off of my list. You know, like make yourself your favorite dinner or go on a walk to the park that has the most beautiful flowers and sit and sketch them or photograph them or listen to an entire record while you read a book. Maybe that's just me. You might wanna play video games, whatever your thing is. Give yourself a little reward. Remember that goal setting is an ongoing process. You might find that your goals change as you progress in life and that's okay. I like to check off my list and add more things all the time. The key is to have a clear sense of direction and a clear sense of purpose because you're taking action towards achieving your goals and your dreams. The actions are what make you feel successful anyway, right? For today's second half, we're doing a mini course on how to advocate for yourself. I have a new book coming out soon called the Chronic Illness Handbook Strategies for Living Your Best Life, and we'll use some information from that today. Now it's useful in other areas if you are not chronically ill. I don't want to leave anyone out because learning to advocate for yourself can be one of the hardest skills you can learn how to do as an adult. We will all face illness or hardship in one form or another during our lifetimes. Today, I'm sharing tips for effective communication with healthcare providers, including preparing for appointments and asking questions. Effective communication with healthcare providers is crucial for managing chronic illness in particular. Here are some tips for communicating effectively with your healthcare provider. First things first, and I can't emphasize this enough, and I know from experience, so I hope that comes through. Prepare for your appointments. Before your appointment, make a list of questions or concerns that you want to discuss with your healthcare provider. Also, write down any changes in symptoms or medications, as well as any important information you want to share. As far as symptoms go, The best way to communicate how your illness makes you feel is to keep a symptom log. Here's a sample chronic illness symptom tracker. You have a notebook or a calendar with columns for the date, the symptom, an intensity rating from 1 to 10, time of day, triggers, any medications taken, and any other notes. You could do that in a separate kind of book. I usually have the best intentions to write down my symptoms, just like I described. But to be completely honest, usually when I'm really sick with my autoimmune disease, I feel like garbage. <laughs> and the last thing I want to do is sit down and write a book about it. So for me, the best way to do it is to keep it on a calendar. That it's the most clear and the most simple thing for me to remember, because if you're anything like me, When you're sick, the days blend together and when you're having a flare up, everything seems horrible. So it's really hard to pinpoint a day when you felt a certain thing. But if you write it down on a separate calendar, it's so much easier. Last year I got a pretty little magnetic calendar that had lines in each box, you know, and I could write down my stuff when I needed to. And I kept it, I kept it separate from my paper calendar or that's on the fridge or my Google calendar you know the other ones where i run the rest of my life i mean hey multiple calendars is the way i roll maybe it's not the most efficient but that (laughs) i'm sure i catch everything that way (sighs) the next thing is to be honest be honest with your healthcare provider about your symptoms be honest with how they are affecting your daily life and be honest with any concerns or fears that you have this is so hard to do But this information really helps your healthcare provider make an accurate diagnosis and develop an effective treatment plan, whether you have a diagnosis or not. The next thing to do is really, truly ask questions. Don't be afraid. Ask any questions you have about your illness. Ask questions about your treatment options. Really tell them about any other concerns that you have make sure that you understand your healthcare provider's responses. You can write them down. I often bring a notebook or record it on the notes section of my phone. That way you can ask follow-up questions if necessary, even afterwards. The next thing to do, and this kind of goes hand in hand with asking questions, be an active participant. Take an active role in your healthcare by sharing your opinions, your preferences and your goals with your healthcare provider. A collaborative approach like that can lead to better outcomes and improved quality of life. The next one's kind of interesting. And (laughs) this one's very much me. Be firm. I've had a really hard time with this one. When you're asked about how your symptoms or your disease or your condition makes you feel, or when you're asked about how it affects your life, Don't back down. It's okay to assert what you want to have changed about your care also. Your provider's ultimate goal is, or should be, to help you manage your condition. Often they just need to know the severity or the duration of what you're dealing with, and they might be more willing to help you find an answer or a treatment, or, if you're lucky, a diagnosis that fits your needs. It can be so hard, especially if you've had a long-standing chronic condition to not view your healthcare providers in a negative light. I mean, nobody wants to go to the doctor, right? And the other chronic illness patients I've known like hospitals about as much as I do, which is to say not at all, but it is necessary often. And if you have to do it, advocating for what you need can help give you some agency over the situation. Even if I don't feel better physically when I stand up for my needs, I feel better mentally That's just speaking for myself. The next thing to think about is follow-ups after your appointments, make sure that you follow up with your provider as as you need to. If you have concerns or questions, don't hesitate to reach out to your provider for guidance and remember you have the right to seek out a second or a third or a fourth opinion if you want to. I mean, of course I have no knowledge of people's insurance. Everyone's is different, but I encourage you to keep looking for your answers. Effective communication with those healthcare providers can help you manage your chronic illness or any illness more effectively, and it can help improve your overall quality of life. When you ask your questions and get them answered, you personally will have a better understanding of your illness and how it affects your body. You'll have the tools and resources necessary to communicate effectively with your providers and to track your symptoms better. Understanding how you can live with your conditions is the first step towards managing your symptoms and living your best life with it. The most important part of the advocating for yourself process, to me, is to not lose your sense of hope or worth. Being chronically ill is kind of hard to understand if you're not in it. It's so draining to be in pain all the time and it's disheartening and it can be depressing. But for for me, one of the things that helps is honoring that by advocating for what I need. Even if it's just saying I need to take the medicine that I don't want to take or I need to go to the appointment that I don't want to go to because it gets me one step closer to figuring it out. I hope this can be helpful for you in your own illness journey or Helpful for you to guide a loved one in their time of need. And remember, I'm not a doctor. These are all just my observed experiences and advice. So take it for what it's worth. And I only wish the best for you. Thank you for tuning into this podcast episode. I hope that you enjoyed learning a little bit about defining your goals. And I hope that you found it helpful to learn how to advocate for yourself a little bit better. Join us again next time for more tips and strategies for personal and professional development. Join us again next time for another episode with an interview or tips and strategies. Everything we do is to help. Join us again next time. Until then, take care. Sometimes we have to start over, sometimes we have to fight back, sometimes it's all too